In this lesson, I'm going to introduce you to the concept of an advisory retainer, and then I'm gonna walk you through two styles that I've used over the years that have been extremely profitable for me. First, what is a retainer? A retainer is not prepayment for a block of hours. That's just hourly billing in disguise. It's better than hourly billing because you're getting paid in advance, but that's not what we're talking about here. This is an advisory retainer where the client is paying for access to your expertise. It's a hotline to your brain. It's a client who wants to de-risk a big project by having access to someone who can answer questions for them very quickly. Ideally, an advisory retainer would never include execution. You shouldn't be coding or writing or editing or anything like that. You should be operating at a higher level. It's advisory. The client comes to you for your advice. They have regular access to you, or in fact, I usually would do 24-7 access to your brain to get answers to questions that they are stressing out about, things that they don't want to make uh, the wrong decision. When you first do an advisory retainer, it can be very difficult to believe that someone would pay for access to your expertise just to ask you questions from time to time. But the, the fact of the matter is there are people out there who need access to your expertise and will pay for it to mitigate their risk, to decrease the amount of risk that they feel. It's very common uh, when I'm working with students for them to want to load up in the proposal things like regular meetings or some kind of labor or hands kind of busy work to justify a higher price, but really that's not where the value is. They're not hiring you to do that. They could hire other people to do the work. They need someone who they trust that can steer them in the right direction when they're at um, a scary fork in the road. For me, retainers have always been a monthly recurring sort of thing where the client would pay in advance for the month on an ongoing basis, usually until some project was done. So these could range in length from six months uh, to ones that I've had go as long as three years. Um, I typically would have two of them going at a time at around $10,000 each. Uh, but sometimes it would just be one and sometimes it would be three and sometimes the price would be a little bit different depending on, you know, details like travel or that sort of, those sorts of things. But they're extremely profitable because people, when they come to you, they're just coming with a question and you answer it or perhaps you have to research it a little bit to give them a good answer. Um, but that's what it is, entails. It's not you punching a clock. They just want access to you and they will pay for it for a long time at a very profitable amount of money. I've had retainers where I got paid uh, $120,000 a year uh, where I maybe had six phone calls and flew to Berlin once. You know, it's, it's up to them to use it. It could depend on the arrangement and we'll go through that. But in general, it's up to your contact to reach out to you when they have a question. I'm going to walk you through a couple of different things here. First will be an example of my original style retainer. Uh, the second will be an overview of um, two slightly different styles that uh, I sold later in my career. And then I'm going to walk you through the important parts of a retainer proposal. This is the sales page for my oldest strategy retainer when I was doing mobile consulting. 
and uh, you know it's short. Uh, I'm not going to read through it, but you can um, click through uh, from the link in Slack and read it yourself. Uh, the important pieces are uh, I want to get to the how does it work piece because that's what tends to trip people up and they just can't imagine that how it works. So I'll just read through this as quickly as I can. How does it work? Our agreement entitles you to unlimited 24-7 access to me via phone, email, and instant message. I return all messages no later than the next business day, although in practice, response time is much quicker, particularly between 9 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, but also nights and weekends. Meetings are scheduled in advance, typically take place over the phone, and are sometimes supplemented with online meeting and or screen sharing software like GoToMeeting, Skype, JoinMe, whatever. All right. Now, here are the six possible areas of involvement. So this is about as close to a scope as we're going to get. One, participation in an in-depth, in-person meeting to define long-term business goals, existing legacy systems architecture, and organizational challenges. Two, regular meetings with the primary project contact to discuss strategy, longer-term issues, and business goals. Three, Strategic and tactical advice based on a series of ongoing meetings with team leaders. These are individualized and mutually agreed upon. In addition, I'll serve as a sounding board as they work to achieve their business and technical goals. Four, technical review of APIs, IDEs, source code documentation, and the like. Where appropriate, I'll provide code samples, proof of concept examples, and design mockups. Please note that authoring shipping code designs or documentation is not included in this agreement. 5. Periodic competitive analysis and market insight based on interactions with the developer community both in person, through speaking engagements, meetups and user groups, and online, Twitter, RSS, blog posts, and comments and mailing lists. 6. Situational responsiveness to needs that arise that you deem require my assistance, which are not covered elsewhere. All right, so hopefully that those were all clear and you understood the language. There are a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, one is that, you know, up at the top, it says 24-7 access to me, but that's limited to one person, the project contact. The, and, and that person, if it's an ideal client, that is going to be a busy person who does not have time to sit on the phone with you. They're not going to bug you constantly. So it's really pretty easy in general to field their questions, uh, to get back to them very quickly. Um, they're usually an organized individual you know, again, you know, that you could get a bad client theoretically, but if that were the case, you could just cancel the retainer after a couple of months if they were driving you crazy. But people who are going to pay, you know, uh, at this rate, $15,000 a month for this kind of access have their, they have a high salary. They're busy people. They probably have a bunch of direct reports and they're not going to bother me or in this case, you, uh, with unnecessary requests. Another thing here that I want to call out is the line about, please note that authoring shipping code designs or documentation is not included in this agreement. That is an important detail, uh, especially for a developer, but you could imagine, um, you know, if you're a marketer or you do some kind of sales training or whatever it is that you do, photography, so on and so forth. Whatever it is that you do, you want to make it clear that you're not going to be doing execution. You're not going to be doing the labor. Presumably would have other people doing that, or you could put them in touch with other people who can do that for them, but that's not what you're doing. You're there to advise them about this topic based on your expertise, which they trust. Uh, meetings being scheduled in advance. That's an, another important thing. So it's fine to have meetings with 
uh, clients for whom you have retainer agreements. So if you have a retainer agreement with someone, you're going to have meetings with them almost surely. It's going to make sense. You're going to want to have the meetings in order to, um, you know, give them helpful advice. You know, you're going to have to probably talk to groups of people that um, are going to have their own agendas and situations. You need to have a meeting about that. So it's not unusual to have some sort of meetings uh, under, under a retainer agreement I usually try to stay away from regular like weekly meetings or status meetings or that kind of thing. I don't, sometimes I do it. It depends on the situation, but try not to add something like that in just because you feel like it's going to justify your monthly fee. I would only do that if there was some extenuating circumstance, because what ends up happening is um, your project contact stops showing up to the meeting, everybody stops showing up to the meeting, or it's just low-level employees who go to the meeting, and it's just a waste of your time, and you're not adding any value. You want to keep the relationship between you and the client with the people who are f- as high up the food chain as possible at the client and not be dealing too much um, with lower-level employees because then that's just bringing your value down lower and lower and lower. And if you are adhering to that and sticking with uh, higher level folks, they're always going to be busier. They're always going to um, value their time and they're not going to bug you with uh, meaningless, pointless, busy work meetings. You know, obviously you would have to modify this somewhat for your uh, discipline, your business, your area of expertise. You know, you might not, you know, APIs and IDEs and source code and documentation might not be part of your world, but you can take these six points and you can customize them Uh, to the language of your target market or your uh, area of expertise. And I I mean, I sold this for years, for years and years. This was my primary income was this this one offering. The next example is a a little bit more modern version of this, so later version of my website. And I actually had two kinds of retainers on here. Uh, The first was the mobile advisory retainer, which is essentially the same as the other one that we were talking about. Um, the the first one that we looked at, you know, get ongoing access to the strategic and tactical mobile expertise you need when you need it, designed specifically for senior executives who are facing a significant technology transition. Your advisory retainer entitles you to unlimited 24-7 access to me via phone, email, and chat, monthly, quarterly, and annual plans available. And here I had it priced at $12.5. I'm always experimenting with my prices. Um, and you know, it's, it's sometimes I've sold this uh, as high as fifteen, I think fifteen or twenty thousand a month. I've sold it as low as sixty five hundred a month, uh, depending on the situation. So you can play with your prices as much as you want, but you know this should be a high ticket item. This could, in fact, be your new Mercedes option or your helicopter option at the very top uh, of your um, product ladder, or maybe one rung below uh, custom project work. All right, the other one on this page that is also essentially an advisory retainer is the mobile development oversight entry here. And that description is this. Are you planning to redesign or rebuild your existing desktop-only website so that it is mobile-friendly? Is your in-house web team unfamiliar with the unique constraints of mobile responsive web design? Decrease your risk, improve your capabilities, and get to market faster by adding my expertise to the project. And that one's priced at $8,500 a month. This is what I usually refer to as project oversight. Um, A lot of times you'd be able to sell something like this after an initial strategy engagement, like a one-off strategy engagement, Um, for example, farther up a mobile innovation workshop, and you maybe come up with a roadmap for them out of that workshop, and then they kind of want you involved 
as the project is unfolding and their team is working on it and they want you there to kind of hold their hand and make sure that nobody steps on a landmine or makes a bad decision that's going to paint them into a corner. So, um, yeah, so this is, this is something you can offer. This is a little bit lower level, hence the lower price, even though it's a little bit more work. This tends to be more work. You're, uh, you would probably be working with a group of people and, uh, you know, developers. You probably will have uh, some kind of uh, maybe weekly or biweekly design review or, you know, at the end of a sprint or something like that. Um, but as a value pricing guy, even though it's more work for me, uh, the I set the price lower because the value is lower. Uh, where the mobile advisory retainer, it's for higher level people, so the value is higher. You know, again, I, I probably said this a thousand times in the seminar. If you're basing your prices on value, then it, you know the cost is your problem. You know how hard, how much work it is. That's your problem. The value is what drives the price. What we have next is a proposal for a uh, project oversight style of engagement. Um, I could give you a, a proposal example for my older uh, strategy retainer, but it's ba- there really is no proposal. It's basically the page that you looked at. The sales page is the proposal. That's what people would sign. I'd give them a printed copy of you know a PDF version of that. Uh, so I wanted to give you an example of uh, an oversight and one that has three options, as we discussed in the proposal uh, section of the seminar. I'm not going to read through all of this because it's, uh, it's kind of long, and we've looked at it already when we covered proposals, writing proposals. Um, but it starts off with a cover letter, and then it has a, a project overview or a situation appraisal. Uh, then we get into the project options. So the first option is just responsive web design coaching, and I'll read through this quickly. Option one, I will meet with the team initially to validate and inform the plans for the redesign. After the kickoff, I'll meet weekly with the team to review progress, answer any questions, and generally keep the code clean from the outset. In addition, the dev lead will have unlimited 24, uh, 24-7 access to me via phone, email, and chat. I return all messages no later than the next business day, although in practice, response time is much quicker. Topics that fall under this option include... And then I get into some details about the scope. So uh, this option one, it's 24-7 access to me from you know, lower level people in the organization. It's, it's, an, it's one of these um, project oversight types of retainers. The, so the scope is not managed by how much access they have to me or how often they can contact me. The scope is more around what can they ask me about. So they can't ask me about anything. They can ask me about these particular things that I just listed. So... Um, you know, the, the coding itself. Option two, I extend what they can ask me about to broader topics. So option two. This option includes everything from option one, but extends my involvement to the workflow aspects of the project. My involvement at this level will make the project run more smoothly during active development, but perhaps more importantly, it will set up a workflow that you will continue to benefit from indefinitely. Topics that fall under this option include so on and so forth. So this is more like um, setting up a process, a development process inside of the organization because they were going to have ongoing projects. In this particular client, they didn't have any kind of process. There was no um, QA really. It was all kind of, um, it was kind of a mess to be honest. And they, they could have used some organization around this process of, you know, iterating and development and testing and, and release and all of that. It was, it was a very old school um, non-technical way that they had things working. 
Um, okay, and then the highest level, option three, uh, server admin coaching. This option includes everything from options one and two, but extends my involvement to the server side aspects of the solution. Topics that fall under this option include so on and so forth. So I'm broadening the, the domain even again beyond option two into backend server things that they were also having problems with. I knew that they were having problems with these things. And I you know, offered to extend my involvement into just bigger and bigger domains of expertise where you know, I'm not a genius with backend stuff, but I know my way around AWS and uh, their developers did not. Their developers were very much front-end coders who kind of didn't even want to know that much about the backend. They knew just enough to get by. So these different, uh, so all of these different options, they have 24-7 access to me. They can ask me as many questions as they want. And I, and I actually, to be honest, clients have a tendency to underuse in, in the past, they've had a tendency to underuse that access. This has been true for my students as well. And you almost want them to contact you more because when that, you know, when that um, uh, invoice comes around every month, you want them to be like, oh yeah, this is totally worth it. This is great. The, you know, my sense of security is awesome. Uh, really happy with the way it's going. You want some kind of, you want to be doing something, but it's far, far less than you would be doing if you were just doing it yourself. Okay, so there are links to all of these documents uh, in Slack, so you can take a closer look at them, read through them on your own, and that's really your to-do. I would, I would recommend going through every single one of these documents word for word, and while you're doing that, brainstorming ways that you could offer something similar for the kind of uh, clients you want to serve and your area of expertise. And then for bonus points, if you can put together a little blurb that just says, you know, advisory retainer, X dollars per month, and entitles you to 24-7 access for X, Y, and Z. So try and copy one of these things that I've given you and convert it into something that makes sense for you and your potential buyers. All right, have fun. I'll see you in Slack.